Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Podcaster at the Pop Break, and um, you are listening to the Too Early Oscar Podcast, our category specific breakdown episodes. Uh, you know, we're in the heart of the season, we're right on time. And I am uh, joined as always by the film editor of thepopbreak.com, my co host, Marissa Carpico. Say hi, Marissa. Hello. And in today's episode, we are talking about. Best production design. This will be a short one. Uh, this is the odd girl out. Uh, just, you know, not doubles up with any category, but uh, we, we still love her. Um, the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, the, the, the people nominated are Christian M. Goldbeck and Ernestine, Ern, Ernestine Hipper. Uh, Avatar The Way of Water, Dylan Cole, Ben Proctor, and Vanessa Cole. I wonder if they're if they're a couple. Anyway, um, Babylon, uh, Florencia Martin and Anthony Carlino, Elvis, Catherine Martin and Karen Murphy, and Ben Bev Dunn, and the Fablemans, Rick Carter and K- Karen O'Hara. Um, I think this is one of the first times you get to talk about the Fablemans, so I'm going to start with that one. Um, uh, this movie that, like, on paper really felt like the, the movie to beat this Oscar season, and it, go, like, just going into the into the heart of the season, like, felt like such a force. And it is kind of wild how now uh, just the movie fully fizzled out as a, as a contender. And um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it go home empty-handed on Oscar night, but that to me is not indicative whatsoever of this movie's quality because I, I love this movie. You and I both have talked before about how much we love this movie. And um, yeah, the production design's great for it. I think it it looks beautiful. Um, Spielberg movies, like l- later Spielberg movies have had a real um, hit or miss effect for me if they look good or not. I think there have been some really beautiful looking movies from him, including West Side Story, our beloved West Side Story last year. And then a movie like The Post that I think looks really, really ugly or like something awful like Ready Player One. This one, I think, looks it looks great. Just it really, uh, all the sets look wonderful. It really evokes um, a period setting, obviously. But I think there's like, because this is a movie about Spielberg's relationship with movies and the way he processes the world through films it almost has this sort of uniquely cinematic feeling to the sets where it like is reminiscent of how those periods have been depicted in film in the past it, and just then you have the films within the film that are so well uh well made and well uh designed so i just think like for a movie that could look very plain because it is just this domestic drama uh i think the production is really stunning for it and i'm happy it got honored here what, what are you thinking about the Fablemans Marissa yeah it's definitely like evokes the the time period but also evokes the like idea of the time period from 
film, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's like it's, but it's really like well done because all of the spaces tell you something. Like think of the camping scene or something like where everything is placed on the set and like or the piano scene well there's many I suppose but like when she's sort of playing a concert as it were and everybody's arranged in the room like everything's telling you something about those characters and the way the family dynamics work um or like uh another one would be like later in the film um when there's an apartment that the Spielberg-esque character is living in with someone else, I guess I won't say who, since it would technically be a spoiler uh, of mm-hmm. his real life, I guess. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like all of it means something. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's really good. I it's I, I, we both really like this movie, and I I am fascinated now that yeah, like I really like it, and then now there's like a backlash starting, and it's like girl for what like I don't know (laughs) like people are like not for me I'm like so what cinema's not for you like what what are you what are you telling me I I don't know it's just weird to me um we had to live through so many directors making their biographies it's like I know like this one's good Let's, let's all be happy we had to sit through Bardo this year and you're telling me this is not for you get wrecked I don't get it (laughs) um from a different from one period piece to a very different other kind of period piece uh what do you want to tell people about the production design in all quiet on the western front uh sure if i must um (laughs) it's uh yeah uh a film that by now you probably know i'm not like that hot on um it's mostly a film that takes place within trench warfare um during world war one uh it's um from German soldiers' perspective, it's a German film even. Um, and there, there is one other major set, I suppose. Uh, it's a train where these politicians and such are sort of um, figuring out uh, a potential armistice. And that that is sort of like, uh, you can see the contrast between the two, the sort of dirt and naturalness of one compared to the like overly dressed and um, honestly like, plush setting of the other like they're drinking tea and they have all this bread and stuff and like the soldiers are like literally stealing turkeys or whatever so or I guess they're they're chickens but um yeah I don't know it's um uh, I think it's well as some of the other films in the category and uh I don't mind it but this like the academy has to start being serious because like how many how many friggin nominations can this film get I, I I just am so tepid on it I I don't really get it to be brutally honest so you know um maybe it'll win maybe it won't I don't know I I wouldn't I wouldn't have nominated it yeah it's so funny because like <laughs> there there are so many really ugly movies that are made these days where I'm like this one is not ugly and the sets are fine but it's just such an unimaginative nomination it's like like no disrespect to the people to the people who work because it's fine like they, they did good work but it really is it's like so oh like fine like it, it, with so many this is the same with so many nominations but this one in particular just felt so unimaginative and i'm just like 
did they see at the top of the alphabetical list? And they were like, yeah, sure. Like, we'll do that one. I just, I, I, I am particularly baffled by this nomination, I think. Just, especially when you consider, and we'll talk about this, but when we consider what was snubbed in this category, I'm just like, I'm like, damn, like, what, like, what was going on here? Basically. Yeah, what the fuck happened here? Honestly, what the fuck happened? I also, um, just speaking of how there are so many ugly movies, and a, a big reason there are so many ugly movies is because so much of um, our big blockbusters these days are filmed in front of, like, green screens, essentially, uh, which makes Avatar's nomination interesting. Uh, let's move on to that one, because it's like, of all the movies filmed in front of green screens, it is by far the, the best-looking and also the one that... Um, the world feels the most organic, basically. Um, it, it's funny, and I, this is like the fifth time we've invoked this movie in this podcast series, but like having just seen Quantum Mania, like my boyfriend and I were talking about how there are some moments in that film which apparently had a troubled special effects production, but like, where like it almost looks like these people are not actually, like, like the interaction between the people, the actors, and the set is so poorly done where it's like oh well like it's like they didn't even try with the special effects and in avatar obviously you know that these are fake this is a fake world but like you can it always does feel like these people are interacting with an actual environment so well like i personally wouldn't have put this one in my five like i absolutely get this one being in there like it is if this is what the future of cinema is going to look like this one looks how it should be done every single time basically what do you think yeah i mean you have to think of like production and set design in this situation is like a very different bear because like you know the table exists in the fablemans right the theoretical table let's say the table literally does not exist in avatar like they gotta do that they gotta like you know render it um maybe put some dots and and things on a real table and then put it into a computer and then put blue people around it. So like everything that is on the screen in Avatar is intentional. So like realistically, the fact that the world doesn't seem just like human, human, water, sand is very, or I guess no humans, I'm sorry. A Navi, Navi, like maybe a human and a ship, you know, and like sand and water is impressive because like everything has to be chosen to put there. So if there's like a clay pot sitting in the background, someone was like, I think we need a clay pot like in the <laughs> bottom left. You know what I mean? So like, I get it on some level because you have to think like someone had to be sitting there staring at blue, the same shade of blue for eight months or whatever, maybe years at this point, I guess. And think like, we got to put a plate over there because it doesn't feel real right now. Like, like let's add one more leaf. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I get it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have thought about it, but like, hey, I'm not going to argue with it. It's the, the craft of these films is is really what is appealing about them. Exactly. It's like, thank God for James Cameron. <laughs> like, I, I really like how we both are like, it's fine, but also like, thank God. Yeah, we're both like, it's three and a half at the most, if I'm being nice. And yet, again, we keep talking about it like it's great. Yeah. So, you know, take that what you will. But um, <laughs> Exactly. Um, moving on, Babylon, um, 
What do you, what do you think about this? Because I, I have a lot of thoughts about how this movie looks in general, and I'm curious what you think of the production design here. Um, I mean, I we have to talk about it quite a bit, and if if you've listened to other episodes before this episode, then you probably know that I don't really like the movie very much. But I do think the production design is really good. I mean, like, let's let's say the let's talk about the first orgy astic sort of act, as it were. The first, I mean, it feels maybe it's like I mean, an hour. Orgy you, know? you have to watch. Yeah, no, it is. It is. <laughs> Um, it, you know, it does, it evokes the wealth and lack of taxes of the early Hollywood period. Um, and it also evokes this idea of Babylon, the city from ancient times, right? As this place of hedonism, right? There's these big pillars, uh, there's a stage, there's these winding staircases, there's lush rooms filled with, um, dead, uh, young actresses. Um, there's this like desolate, uh, desert space all around it because California wasn't that densely populated yet. Um, so like it's, it evokes a world and I, I think it works and like compare that to something later in the film. Um, the whole Toby Maguire se section when they like descend into hell essentially. Right. Um, they're going through the like Dante's Inferno. Right. Even that is structured in a really cool way so i don't like the movie but if i had to pick something that i think is really well done i i would probably pick production design yeah i i like the movie a lot more than you did but it is funny like i have this very strange relationship with the way this movie looks and i guess this is like a mixture of a production design issue and a cinematography issue maybe but like there are some sets that are just so beautiful in this like um i'm thinking of the the set of like the, the literal film set of like the battle movie that brad pitt is filming at one point fairly 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 early on looks incredible the total mcguire set that you mentioned which is like one of the highlights of the movie i think um the set of like the sound stage where margot robbie is filming her first talkie is like really interesting well done sets that are incorporated well into the movie other moments to me felt like too artificial. I think like that first uh, orgy sequence basically, which like is meant to be um, aggressive and perhaps uh, like turn people off to the what the movie is. It, it's the it's the sort of moment where he draws the line in the sand and is like, you're either going to be with this movie or not because you're going to have to see a lot of weird stuff. But there is something about you know, the sweeping shots through the party years where I'm just like, this looks so, for a movie that is so dirty, it feels like airbrushed and sanitized in a way that like I find really frustrating. And I just found like that, those moments took me out of it. There's a moment where Margot Robbie goes to a uh, fancy party basically. And she's trying to like present as classy. And that set to me felt very, artificial and like felt more like a soundstage than the actual soundstages that the movie takes place on at certain points. So it just, it really like, it was a really hit or miss to me, but I do think the high points are like gorgeous for this movie. And like in general, as a fan of this movie, I am like similar to Avatar. I am happy it exists as like a possibly the last R rated three and a half hour um, expensive movie we will get that has this sort of content in it. So it just... I can only hope I don't have to sit through something like that again. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... 
it'll be interesting to see where Hollywood goes from here. But um, yeah. Um, let's end with uh, yeah. We only have one more left. Um, we have two more. Oh no, we I we did the Fablemans. I'm sorry. We have we have perhaps the most production design, the the most cool. of everything. Um, because this Elvis is a Baz Luhrmann film, and um, you know, I mean. At this point, you know our dynamic on this podcast, listeners. Like, I am pro Elvis. Marissa is anti Elvis, and mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I think the, the production design is exactly what you expect from a Baz Luhrmann movie, which is a lot. It's aggressive. It's very in your face. Uh, perhaps not period appropriate enough. Ones. Not that I have any basis of knowledge about that, but I would not be surprised if it is not period appropriate. But I do find it fascinating and uh you know wild as the whole movie is um what what do you think marissa yeah i mean i don't like this film but in the same vein of of babylon like i get it like the recreation of the vegas stage alone i think merits this um this uh um nomination and like the well i guess you would i wouldn't say costuming in this uh, situation but like you know, it's all recreating this time, um, the soundstage for his big TV special, the Christmas special, um, all of that. I, I think it works. You know, uh, Baz Luhrmann is nothing if not a sort of psycho for uh, production and set design. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I don't hate this. Like, it'd be fine if it won or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think there's clearly a lot of work going into it. The stage scene outside I'm not angry at it, actually, um, in the way that I think the a lot of the other category um, categories where Elvis shows up is, is sort of uh, absurd. I do think Elvis is going to be the winner. Um, I, I'm actually, I find this a very funny stat. Catherine Martin uh, is, the production designer, is the most awarded Australian in Oscar history. Um, oh, she's, yeah, she's constantly winning. Yeah, she she also won for Moulin Rouge and The Great Gatsby, and yeah. um, she is Baz Luhrmann's wife because I always forget yeah. the man is straight, and um, <laughs> or at least married to a woman, and um, <laughs> um, honestly, like, good for them. What what a power couple! That can you imagine what their house looked like? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a visual eyesore, the likes of which I don't think I've ever I'd ever want to walk into. <laughs> um it like is like 600 colors on every inch of the surface <laughs> it's probably insane oh, um but so i wouldn't be surprised if it won that being said i would vote for the fablemans just i do have like a soft spot for that movie and also i think uh it is the most consistently good and meaningful production design throughout the throughout the film what, what about you marissa I don't know. I, I would just give it to Avatar because it, I really do think about like someone had to be like, why don't we put a little clay pot over there? <laughs> I like that. I, I, <laughs> I really do want to meet the production designer and be like, so do you get tired? Like just looking at the green screens all day. Like, <laughs> They're like 25 on? and they look 600 years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. All right. Um, let's talk about movies that we would have put in. Um, Cause I have quite a few. The one that, I could not believe did not get nominated because it is, I think at this point of recording, the front runner for the night. I, where is everything everywhere all at once? What like unique mm. sets that that movie 
constructed. Like, I mean, that office is so well-defined, but with, like for what, like just from the beginning, even when the movie you think is about a woman trying to pay her taxes, essentially. And then as the movie evolves and becomes so many different things, it always just looks so good and on a tighter budget than any of the movies nominated, I imagine. So I just, um, I, I cannot believe this, this didn't get nominated. Um, wh- what do you have to highlight, Marissa? I wouldn't have thought about that, but that, that's a great point. You're, you're right. I'm sure the, the, um, the cost of animating the, uh, you know, um, uh, imaginary clay pot I'm thinking of is probably the same <laughs> price as all of the production di- design of Barbie <laughs> everywhere all at once. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I have a couple as well. Uh, the first one is probably not going to be a surprise if you listen to any other um, uh, episode this year. But um, Till, I, I think, mm. is so smartly done. The um, Emmett's room is so um, evocative of his childhood and how, like, organized he is and, like, what a good kid he is. Um, uh, the, uh, the coroner's office... Uh, I think is like so could could feel really um, cliche clinical or something, but like all of these places feel real, right? Um, even if they feel really theatrical, I, I always say that that film feels really theatrical. There's a sort of sheen of artifice to it that I think would work against it in other ways, but uh, because the film feels so theatrical, because like all of the furniture looks sort of newer it's clearly like a reproduction or maybe it is like, you know, actual pieces from the time, but like, because it's so well kept, it emphasizes that we are watching a performance of a piece of history in a way that I actually think is what works about the film because Mm -hmm. it is such a movie about history, but told in a way, like, again, I just think is so unique and has such an interesting point of view. And yeah, I just, you know, I'm just going to keep singing the praises of that film um, because the spaces are just as important to the story on some level. It's about where they are. It's like, you know, there's um, a cleanliness that's sinister to the um, the store where the sort of inciting incident happens. The courtroom is this bright, uh, you know, clean space where uh, you know, a great injustice will occur. I, I don't know. I just think that movie's fucking brilliant. It's a really good pick. Um, my, my next one that I'll highlight is the one that I keep shouting at during these episodes, which is, uh, nope. Um, what a, you know, I mean, that movie is so well done on so many levels, but like, talk about just in, both incredible use of space and also just incredible building of a, like, a world that feels so real. I mean, you have like, it only takes place in a handful of places, but you have like the incredible ranch that where most of the film takes place. You have a theme park that feels so real, like some like something that like uh, absolutely just feels lived in when in the moment when you're there. Uh, a really detailed and well-designed TV set for a little bit. Uh, a Best Buy-esque store. Maybe they, it just fully is a Best Buy. That, like, it's so... A detail that I really love about it, especially in Barbie Ferreira's scene in the film, when, like, 
it just is so stocked with so much shit on those shelves. And it just, it is a touch that just feels so uh, interesting and smart and intentional. Uh, I just, I love that movie so much, but I especially think the sets are like, again, to be a little snobby for a minute, in a world where many of our expensive movies look like it's taking place in a void, uh, this one really feels like so intentionally made. And I, I love it so much. I'm I'm so upset this movie uh, did not get a single nomination this year. Yeah, it's it's a really good choice. Um, my next one is that damn Matilda musical. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah! Which, which like the the way they had that carnival for like fully thirty seconds on screen. I mean, it's longer than that. I guess there's a number there, but like there's like a whole ass carnival at the end. Miss Honey's house the school like it's the 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 movie is it's a testament how good that movie is because the matilda that danny devito made is so embedded in my brain and childhood that i was like there is no literally no friggin way that this movie is going to be enjoyable enjoyable to me and yet i have mentioned it many times on this podcast and it blew my absolute mind i was so friggin thrilled by it it's just it's great i mean it's exactly what you want it's this like hyper realized world that's like okay it is based on the real world but it's just heightened enough to be like this is this is extreme right it's it's just so fun that movie's so good i can't believe how good that movie is every day it's so good it's so good i love it so much um my next one and i believe my last one is um another movie i keep singing the praises of uh the woman king which again similar to um i Oh, um, everything ever all at once when I was talking about that. The Woman King was made for considerably less than many of the films nominated in this category. Um, the, the, you know, I mean, it was by no means a low budget film, um, but like it was made for under a hundred million uh, as the budget. And um, yeah, only 50 million uh, according to the numbers.com. And um, it looks phenomenal. Like, like what a a fully lived-in world and just a set that actually does feel like you are in a real place that, like, is organic and uh, makes sense with the, with the world that, like, the film is setting itself in. And, um, I mean, the movie looks gorgeous on many levels, but I just think... Uh, that one in particular. And, and like, maybe the budget is an unfair thing to, to use as, like, a barometer of sorts for this, but I just think, like, the fact that the movie looks so good and was made for relatively less than you'd expect for it is really, really impressive. And also, that movie just deserves more nominations, period. Do you have any more, Marissa, you wanted to highlight? Um, I, I would actually point out, I think I would point out Glass Onion, honestly. Mm, um, yeah. Because the whole point is the damn glass onion. <laughs> like, and honestly, I do think there are things that don't work about it. Like, um, well, honestly, maybe that's just the CGI of the ending that I'm thinking of. I, I think the actual set before they start burning things is is really good. You know, where the Mona Lisa sits in the room, that horrific um, painting that uh, Edward Norton has of himself on the wall um, that looks like the shittiest fan art you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, like the the 
the way the pool is set up, all of it. I think it's it works really well, right? You have such a sense of space, um, which is important in what is essentially a locked room mystery. Um, yeah, I, I think that would have been a cool uh, nomination. It was, um, that was a great movie. I'm surprised that one didn't get a single nomination. Yeah. Um, all right, that's everything in production design. Uh, and again, this is the Algarla. We don't have another category to talk about in this one. But, um, you know, tune in. We have more episodes coming every single day as you get ready for the Oscars. Uh, Marissa, where can people find you on social media? I'm at Marissa Carpico everywhere and occasionally writing for thepopbreak.com. And you can find me on Letterboxd and uh, Serialized at Matthew Taylor. So uh, see you soon. <laughs>